The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, the Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Britson, and I've lost my voice. I'm your host. It is currently, if you're watching on YouTube, Thursday, April 28th, for about 15 more minutes. Round one, if you're listening, of course, Friday, April 29th, which we appreciate whether you watch or listen. This is the recap of, and we're live on YouTube right now. If you're watching live, smash that like button, hit the alerts, hit subscribe particularly if you want any money on the draft, thanks to watching this show or doing like, uh, I don't know, draft after dark chats in, in discord or something with me when I randomly show up in an NBA props channel. Anyway, um, we're going to recap round one of the NFL draft and to do so joining me, John breach, Josh Edwards, Chris Trapasso. What's up fellas. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's up, Vincent. The Bengals took a, a safety, and I'm mad about it. You can't use the bit about losing your voice. That that's mine. I just think I got something in my throat. I'm definitely gonna be refilling this glass of whiskey in like 13 seconds. <laughs> I would do it. It felt it felt like the first like 10 picks were kind of like chalk, and we're like, where's all the chaos? And then all those trades started happening. So the, it was, the back half of that draft was so it was Trapasso's fault. He willed it into existence by I did calling out the football gods for not adding any chaos to the draft. I mean, to be perfectly yes. honest, like the, that whole draft was kind of, that whole first round was kind of a blur because we were firing up these, uh, these like rapid fire reaction videos. And, um, you know, like you got on your MacBook, like, a, like I had like 15, we had 15 Slack channels. You're getting all these texts and like, and, and it was a, 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 um, a first round that went into like hyperdrive after 10, the 10th pick. And there's utter chaos ensued where we have the Eagles trading for a superstar wide receiver from the Titans. Uh, the, the Patriots are drafting a, uh, a, a UTC university of Chattanooga offensive lineman that the Rams had scouted for their pick at the 104th, uh, 104th. We had um, just so much stuff going on in that draft, very fitting for Vegas and lots of, surprises let's i mean let's just dive right in and start with winners and losers um yeah breach you're uh you're the first one i mentioned by name do you have a uh do you have a winner you want to give out you or know a loser? 
can I just say that the entire also I call dibs on the Eagles for winners. Okay, well, good for the it, for the first time in decades, both the Jets and the Giants, the state of New York, all winners in this draft. You know, the Giants during the Gettleman era, you just got you so I wonder how bad the pick's going to be this year, and you just laugh about it in your head, and Giants cry before the pick's made because they are so conditioned to believe that there's no way that their team is going to have a good draft. And Jets fans had given up all hope since like 2010, which was the last time they made the playoffs. They just have zero expectations. And both of them, I thought, came out and hit home runs. I mean, you're you're the Jets. Jermaine Johnson fell in your lap. You traded back into the first round. Uh, I, I saw multiple reports that they were thinking about taking him with their 10th overall pick. And they said, now nah, we're going to take Garrett Wilson instead. And then they still get him. And that was on top of getting Sauce Gardner at fourth overall. So I thought the Jets had one of the best drafts our first rounds of any team. And then obviously the giants got, uh, you know, an offensive lineman cave on Thibodeau two people who should start right away. So jets giants, kudos to you. Those are my winners. Did, did you really just lumped? We got, we got like a two hour show we got to do. And you just took two teams. Well, we you combined for five picks in the first round of the <laughs> NFL draft. And you lumped them together in a 32nd winners bit. What are you doing? Breach been podcasting for five effing years. <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm cutting. I'm trying to eradicate the NFL the first round with this very quick Giants and Jets are both winners. Oh my God, you freaking troll bag. Josh, you can pick either the Jets or the Giants to talk about more extensively if you feel so inclined. Yeah, I was gonna choose one of them, but I guess I won't now. No, no, no. Let's, uh, let, but let's 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 <laughs> let's flesh out the Jets and the Giants a little bit instead of just moving okay. on. Because, I, I mean, again, the Jet, the Jets and the Giants finished with five of the right. Am, they, am I not wrong? Right, five of the five, five of the, five of the thirty-two first-round picks in this draft. And Josh, we talked a little bit about on our when we recapped the the Jets, but it's an interesting juxtaposition for what the Giants did, they for, – for, oh, all, right, all right, we're going to talk about this. I, I want everybody to tuck this away for next year. The Giants are full of bleep. Like, you talk about some smoke-screening, uh, finagling mofos. They purposely leaked – we don't know that they leaked information. We don't know for a fact they leaked out the Evan Neal uh, medicals, but – Seems safe to say that you know the team that drafted him probably was the team uh, that that leaked out the the, the faulty medicals. They also, uh, I, I feel very confident in saying, leaked out false information about their interest, like purposely false. Like you would never have mocked Kayvon Thibodeau to the Giants. We like both of the picks, but I'm putting that away for Joe Shane next year. It's sort of like you know with the with the Jets, whoever. Um, Whoever DJ likes, you need to attach to the Jets. I'm just going to go with whoever the Giants act like they hate. That's who I'm attaching to the Giants. If the Giants, like the Giants were it was the only thing you heard, Charles Cross, Charles Cross, Charles Cross to the Giants. And then they go Evan Neal at seven after they took Thibodeau at five. Look, credit to Joe Shane for doing it, Josh, but that's that's sort of one of those mental notes worth tucking away because it does feel like he was willing to be aggressive in – uh, subterfuge going into the draft, but yeah, I mean, they come away with two nice picks. 
Yeah, I actually had them taking Neil, so I'm okay with this. But sure. um, I was prepared to actually talk about the Baltimore Ravens as my winner. I was just giving Breach a hard time. But, no, 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 no. We're gonna we have we this the show can't be like 12 minutes. I mean, oh, I know, like, I know. Yeah. So we will we'll talk about the we'll talk about the Jets because I love what they did. Um, I was very excited about the possibility of them getting a cornerback and an edge rusher, and they made it happen. Uh, you know, you get Ahmad Sauce Gardner at number four overall. You get my number one wide receiver at number 10 overall. And then you swing back around and get Jermaine Johnson the second, who they just said during their post-draft press conference that all three players were in their top eight overall players. That's a fantastic haul for any team, but specifically for the Jets, who checked off three premier positions at cornerback, edge rusher, and wide receiver. You're looking at that roster now with uh, Carl Lawson on one side. Um, you've got Jermaine Johnson on the other side. You've got Quinn and Williams rushing up the middle. I mean, that's a fantastic front. And then you've got Elijah Moore. You've got Garrett Wilson um, in the secondary. You've got DJ Reed to go along with Sauce Gardner. I mean, this team suddenly has upgraded its, its roster immensely to the point where if Zach Wilson is to take the next step in his career, you're feeling pretty good about this team maybe being a dark horse in that division. That's 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 fair. And, and by the way, if you were watching on YouTube, smash the, hit the like button. Just tap it real quick because there's a little disparity between the number of people watching and the number of likes. So give us give us hit the like button. Uh, I'm told actually if we get a bunch if we get enough likes, we may give away something. We won't give away. Let's see. I can can't give away uh, our prize possession breach. Our Johnny Manziel signed can't hide money helmet. Oh, that is um, definitely a prized possession. Yeah, it's a mini helmet with can't hide money on it. But I'm in a Brinson, I'm in a great mood because of the Eagles tonight. So I can give away some pick six pint glasses, some hundred dollar Paramount Plus gift cards, but we gotta get those likes up. I'm All right, get good. the likes up. If we get the likes up, Debo says we will give away Paramount Plus gift cards and maybe some pick six podcast pint classes. No one in the world has those. You can buy them on the CBS Sports Store. I literally don't even have one. Uh, traps. Uh, what did you like? And I don't know if the Jets are really saying this or they're just throwing Connor Hughes a because they absolutely like, made it look like him. <laughs> he's like they will not take Sauce Gardner at four. Jermaine Johnson's in play at four, and then Johnson drops to twenty six. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to kind of like what the Jets did here, right? Yeah, it's hard uh, just because they address need positions. They throw in a wide receiver there to help Zach Wilson. There were a lot of mock drafts that, that had them going corner edge rusher, and that would have been it in the first round, which would have been like, where's the help for, for Zach Wilson? I, I will say we do have to remember that they did trade, I think, like a second and a third to get back into the first uh, to pick Jermaine Johnson, which is kind of like last year when they traded up to pick Elijah Vera Tucker. Good player, was a quality guard last year for a rookie. Not amazing, but that pick was kind of applauded on draft night last year. You have to kind of bake in that they gave up uh, some. They, uh, they gave up 35, 69, and 163 for 26 and 101. Yeah. So they still have 38. And they what? They came into the draft with like the most draft capital like ever, you know, when you're factoring in two first rounders, a bunch of second rounders. So I wasn't as high on Jermaine Johnson. And that's kind of where I would have felt more comfortable with the team just picking him at 28 or wherever he ultimately went. But the players that they got addressing the needs uh certainly one of the big big winners on draft night i'm just not quite as high because they had to trade back into the first to get it 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that that's fair, but like, all right, so let me ask you guys this. What caused the Jermaine Johnson drop? Like, I th- his over-under over closed at seven and a half. Granted, juice way over. It had been nine and a half. It was, like, he was thought to be, you know, he he was, there was a buzz about him going second. He got, st- that got steamed like crazy. It was 10 to one, closed at 10 to one. There was buzz about him going fourth, like legitimate buzz. And so I, I just like, what, what causes that drop? Yeah, I bought into the buzz because I had him going number four overall to the Jets in my mock draft this morning, but I did not value him personally in that range. I thought he was more in the line of a, you know, number 20 overall player. So um, while I do think they got good value, it's not as substantial in my eyes as maybe what it looks like um, right now. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think okay. he fell a little bit because he's 23 years old. And just to say this quickly, he's 23 years old in one year of quality production. Okay. I, yeah, I didn't I, know. I think I, You're the host. No, Breach compressed the two biggest storylines of the draft into 35 seconds. I'm trying what? to drag no. it out. You know, I can't remember who tweeted this out, but I think that it had to do with maybe there was a little bit of groupthink with him and that yeah. the media kind of said, hey, look, this guy is really, 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 really good, but that didn't jive with what you know personnel departments and what teams were thinking. And, so, and I feel like you see that every year with one or two players where they get propped up. I mean, you could even say it happened a little bit with, Malik Willis this year where initially some people were thinking hey this guy might be a top 10 pick then it's like eh, maybe middle of the first round and now you know he's not even taken in the entire first round so uh just teams didn't feel the same way about Jermaine Johnson that that most of the media thought yeah and yeah, you and- can also kind of look at so um you know with the the like the last pass rusher I mean but Thibodeau goes off at five, right? And you're like, okay, well, Jermaine Johnson can't be that far behind. But then you have the Panthers and the, you know, you have teams at one offensive line. You have a th- three teams out of four that one offensive line. You have a fourth. So of the next seven picks, four were wide receivers and three were offensive linemen. So suddenly you just had just this run of teams that needed those positions. Uh, and then you had some of the stud players, Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton are, are sitting out there. Um, you, know, you had teams that were pushing for offensive line, more teams that wanted you know, offensive line and wide receiver. And so maybe it was more about how this first round stacked up with the way that all these teams had two first round picks and all these trades were happening. Like, I think he could have gone earlier had, I don't know, eh. or like if the Panthers, if the Panthers had had a, if the Panthers had a trade out and I think the dominoes could have fallen differently. He could have gone earlier, but yes, older prospect, more liked by the media than liked by the, um, than liked by front offices, potentially as, as breach pointed out uh, really quickly on the giants, just so you guys can, can weigh in on them as well. Traps and, and Josh as our draft es- experts. Um, Again, like, I, I don't know anybody who mocked Thibodeau to the Giants. Neil to the Giants is a great call. He played guard, of course, and right tackle in college. I think you feel pretty good all of a sudden if you're the Giants about being able to protect Daniel Jones and that maybe quick-hitting Brian Dable system. You have to love having a, a truly elite, very charismatic edge rusher coming off uh, there. And, I mean, that's a pretty – yeah, I know you're picking a five and seven. It's hard for it not to be good, but that's a pretty damn good first draft for, for Joe Shane, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, you you address the right tackle position opposite of Andrew Thomas. That is a position that you've been chasing for quite some time. So now there are no excuses for Daniel Jones this upcoming season. I mean, you are giving him a fair shake to prove himself in the NFL. So by the end of the year, you should feel very comfortable about making a decision on whether or not he's your franchise quarterback moving forward. And as the night has concluded, Kadarius Tony is still on this roster. So um, is he going to be moved on day two? Have they already missed their window? Are they going to take another wide receiver? I think that's one of the options uh, that we look at on day two. But to get Evan Neal, who has shown positional flexibility to play left tackle, right tackle, guard, um, to get him there, I think is a very savvy move, first of all. And then you get a guy like um, Sauce, uh, not Sauce Gardner, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, who was my top edge rusher in this draft class. I think that is another fantastic pick because this is an organization that has been chasing that elite pass rusher for quite some time. So now you have that player possibly in the building. Uh, all right. I'll go, I'll go with the winner here and then we'll swing back around to Josh's, uh, Josh's Ravens pick. But um, I, I was Devo and I did a video. <laughs> we were waiting on breaches, like writing some story about Hollywood Brown, blah, 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 blah. We're waiting on him to do this video about Brown. And while we're waiting, the Eagles trade for AJ Brown and Debo, Debo like kept like flashing up on my screen. He's like, do you want to go now? You want to go now? Like, <laughs> we'll, just go. we'll just talk Eagles. I was like, all right, all right, let's go. Um, and like in the process of doing that video, that quick hitter for the YouTube channel, subscribe to the YouTube channel, by the way, hit alerts and make sure and like this video so we can give you away some pint glasses, some gift cards. Um, we, I decided that I'm an Eagles fan and I bet the Eagles to win the, uh, the division at plus 273. I bet the Eagles to win the conference at 17 to one. And I bet them to win the Super Bowl at 38 to one. I know Jalen Hurts can't win playoff games, blah, 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 blah. But they added in the first round tonight. And, and let's, you know, let's back this up a little bit because they traded Carson Wentz for a first round pick. They got another first round pick by swapping out with the Dolphins so the Dolphins could get Jalen Waddle and they got Devontae Smith. And, and they sniped the, the Giants for Devontae Smith. They trade up and snipe in this draft. So they have three first round picks. They make the deal with the Saints to get a, a, the Saints first round pick next year, which like, I mean, if Jameis gets hurt or sucks or Sean Payton, not Sean Payton not being there, could be like a top 10 pick. So they have two first rounders in this draft. They you they move up a little bit. They jump in front of the Ravens to grab Jordan Davis, who might be my favorite player in this draft. Monster, monster of a man. Is basically a perfect Fletcher Cox replacement, and he gets to play with Fletcher Cox for a full year and learn from Fletcher Cox. Then, instead of drafting a wide receiver in the first round, they trade for A.J. friggin' grown-ass man Brown from the Tennessee Titans because, as, as Josh noted, the... Look at the odds are getting worse. Maybe I should have bet on Caesars. Uh, plus 280 for the Eagles to win the division. Because as, as Josh noted, John Robinson came out and said they couldn't get a deal done with A.J. Brown in the last 18 hours. They realized it, so they traded him. A.J. Brown is just an elite-level wide receiver. And now the Eagles have him. They have Devontae Smith. They have uh, Dallas Goddard. They have enough ammunition to give Jalen Hurts a real chance at 
like showing he can be an elite quarterback or at least an above average quarterback. And they came away with Jordan Davis and they didn't sacrifice any of the first round picks from next year. Howie Roseman is running hot over the last two years playing 4D chess breach. And the Eagles to me are huge winners coming out of this draft. Yeah, and, and real quick on the Titans, A.J. Brown just tweeted out and already deleted a tweet that said, Tennessee, I love you, and you will forever be in my heart, and I can say this now. This was not my fault, in all capital letters. Uh, but I wish you all the best. Love. Uh, right, and by the way, A.J. Brown got paid $100 million, four-year extension, $57 million guaranteed. And, and just to consider everything that happened in the context behind it with uh, A.J. Brown basically saying this wasn't my fault and I love you Tennessee and uh there's nothing on Friday he was on Instagram live with Debo Samuel and they have the same agent they were talking about the offers they were getting and AJ Brown told Debo that the Titans were only offering him 20 million dollars a year and they would not budge they would not go above it and that's why a deal had not gotten done and so now seeing this deal that the Eagles gave to A.J. Brown and uh, John Robinson, the Titan general manager, said on Thursday night after the draft that just we weren't we were at an impact. We were at a stalemate. We couldn't get anything done. Talked to you up with the Eagles over the past 18 hours. Um, yeah, so the Eagles were willing to pay him. And like you said, Brenton, I think this makes a lot of sense for Philadelphia. You're going all in with Jalen Hurts. You're saying, look, we're giving you a, a grade A, one of the best receivers in the NFL right here. Uh, defensively, we know the bread and butter is being able to. Yeah, preach. You sound like you're. You sound like you're in a fishbowl. What? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Uh, uh, Josh, what you think about the Eagles there? Uh, while Breach fiddles with his whatever mice are nibbling them wires. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I was always intrigued by the idea of Philadelphia adding a defensive tackle in the first round because of Fletcher Cox's age. You bring in a prospect that's like Jordan Davis, I mean, we talked about it earlier today, just a unique combination of size, speed, and athleticism. So now that you have him in the building, you allow him to learn from a seasoned veteran like a Fletcher Cox. I think that's a great learning experience for him as he kind of takes his time to ease into the NFL. Uh, And then to swing back around and get A.J. Brown, who is regarded as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL – is a fantastic trade. I mean, we have constantly mocked the wide receiver position to the Eagles over the past couple of months. I know Debo wanted Jamison Williams, but I'm sure he's perfectly fine with the outcome today where you get one of the league's best wide receivers in A.J. Brown to pair with Devontae Smith, and now you've got uh, both of those guys catching passes in addition to Dallas Goddard from Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and another lay or some more layers to this. I like the fact that A.J. Brown is a really good yards after the catch receiver. And that offense, Nick Sirianni's offense last year, I watched all of Jalen Hurts' throws for a project that I did every week for CBSSports.com. And that offense was bubble screen, RPO slant, a lot of high percentage throws. You can get A.J. Brown the football. You can scheme him open in Nick Sirianni's offense. He can catch a three-yard pass and turn it into a 20-yard gain. So it's not like they're getting a wide receiver – that doesn't really fit what Jalen Hurts can do. He can get the ball out quickly. He ran that offense pretty well. And I like the fact, too, A.J. Brown turns 25 in July. Like, we've already seen a borderline superstar wide receiver in A.J. Brown, and he's really just hitting the prime of his career. I think in a year or two, that $25 million average per year for him is going to be one of the biggest steals 
at the receiver spot. Sorry for those who thought I was bailing. I had to go yell at my dog and give him some <laughs> T-bones treats in case he comes back up here. He's barking. He's standing on the like the stairway of the deck. He's like points right at my neighbor's house, and they're not. I wouldn't say youthful. And he's just over there just barking. It's like I know they're like it's midnight, and this idiot dog is barking once again. Josh, you have the Ravens as a big winner, Great despite one. being leapfrogged for Jordan Davis, who, I mean, the Eagles, Howie Roseman was just hell-bent on ruining every mock draft on the planet by leapfrogging the Ravens to take Jordan Davis because everyone had mock drafted Jordan Davis and the Ravens. Cast the, cast the Jordan Davis unders, though, baby. What was it, 17, yeah, and, 16? Uh, 14 and a half. 14. At the end of the day, I had Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, ranked higher than Jordan Davis on my board. I, I, I just valued him more. So for Baltimore to get him um, there in the first round and then had the trade for Marquise Hollywood Brown, where they acquired what was essentially the number 29 overall selection for a player that's entering his the fourth year of his contract. Uh, we've seen the rise in wide receiver uh, market over the past couple of months. So he's going to be expecting more than maybe what the Baltimore Ravens were comfortable paying. And they get what amounts to the number 29 overall pick in return. So you turn back around, you pick up Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum, who again is one of my top 10 prospects in this draft class. So to walk away with two top 10 players um, on my board without having a top 10 choice is a big win for me. Do and, and Baltimore and, and traded we, back we, too. They traded back with the Bills, so they got an extra fourth as well. Yeah, for sure. And and look, we um Josh and I talked about this on the on the vi- the recap video. Uh Lamar has also since uh tweeted again. He originally tweeted WTF. And, and look, that's that's okay. And he said, Oh boy, he quote tweeted the Ravens said it's not about my new center eye roll. Stop that BS. <sighs> Yikes. Uh, so, like, I'm with you, Josh, on the draft in a vacuum in the sense that I think the Ravens are indeed winners because they get Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, two, like, two very good players who are highly rated and probably dropped in the process for unnecessary like, – people are like, oh, like, where do you play Linderbaum? It's like, I mean, everyone needs a center. <laughs> You're just really yeah. never – like – no one's going to need a center. This guy's comped as Jason Kelsey. And sure, he's got tiny arms, but whatever. And then Kyle Hamilton ran a slow 40 and dropped as a result. But I, I do think that, like, they got two good prospects. So I agree with you. They won the draft and they got a, the, you know the pick for Hollywood. I do think that you can question, how, like, I mean – like, you know what, what is going to happen with Lamar Jackson? You have convinced me. Uh, the real winners here are Breach and I, because now it looks like Lamar Jackson is leaving the AFC North. Oh, good point. That's right. Good there point. you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, uh, was that are these grades? These grades are from Prisco. Prisco, that you're running the grades on there. Prisco, what are you doing, Pete? Get out of here. Go work it. I guess. Uh, Pete gave B minus for Kyle Hamilton and a B for Tyler Lenderbaum. Pete needs to learn the game. Pete needs to learn the game. Breach's audio is still a disaster. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fine. 
check your settings on the on the uh, streamyard. I, I just I like I just wonder. I mean, is Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson apparently everything you hear is like he's hell bent on redefining what a contract looks like. He's gonna like he doesn't have an agent, so there's no one pushing him to sign. Is he gonna play this out and leave? Is this gonna get contentious? They, you know, they traded his number one wide receiver, even though I agree with Josh, it was a good trade in a vacuum, but they pissed him off now and they didn't bring in anybody else. Like, I, I mean, is there any concern traps that Lamar Jackson is, is um, like upset about the way things have played out? Yeah, absolutely. I think he seems like a guy based on what you just mentioned, just how he's uh, like been portrayed in the media, how he deals with the media that he has principles. And I think he could be someone that, I mean, obviously, all the Deshaun Watson stuff went off the rails. Uh, but at, at first, when Deshaun Watson just was like, hey, I don't like that you guys traded DeAndre Hopkins, how management treats me, tr- has treated this roster, I want out. Like, those first couple months before all the off-field stuff happened with him, people were, like, applauding Deshaun Watson for saying, the situation sucks, I want out. And I could see Lamar Jackson doing something similar, like, you just traded Marquise Brown, yeah, like, I have Rashad Bateman here who was a first-round pick last year, but if that receiving group doesn't get a lot better, I could see him being upset about it, and then you obviously could be at an impasse uh, with his contract talks that we could be uh, maybe next year talking about Jackson being someone that is like, hey, I want out. Like We're still good, but we're not in the upper echelon with the rest of the AFC that's added a lot of pieces. I think he would be someone that would not be afraid to say, I want to be traded from this organization. It's entirely possible. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube and hanging out with us in the chat and you haven't already, hit the like button. We're getting kind of close to giving away a Paramount Plus gift card. Usually it's like 100 bucks, which is basically a free year of Paramount Plus. Um, or some Pick 6 podcast glassware, a.k.a. A, a pint glass with the logo that you see on Breach's chest right now emblazoned on it. So smash that like button. Let's get that thing cranked up. Debo, Debo's Eagles had a huge draft. He's probably going to give away a bunch of stuff. So just keep banging that like button and we will keep giving y'all schwig. Um, Breach is trying to figure out this mixer situation. There's nothing like figuring out audio on the fly. It's truly it's so fun. on the fly. Yeah. Is that better? Nope. I think uh-huh. that I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, traps. Do you have a winner or a loser? uh winner i was trying to find one just looking at the list here of like a team that didn't just trade back and make multiple picks because i feel like that's kind of the i mean all of our picks for the winners i i agreed with um i didn't see i just thought we were just riffing through winners and losers. no i i'm just looking at the actual first round because i don't i have a bad short-term memory and i don't obviously have i got i got a winner i got a winner all right go ahead the carolina panthers of course it's panthers and it's an nc state guy look yeah, the no, Panthers, it was it was good. It was good. No, I mean, the Panthers had it's like here he's like here is your mission. You either trade back and don't draft a quarterback and find an offensive lineman or you Pick draft an offensive lineman at 6 if one of the good ones falls to you. And again, credit to the Giants, they take Kayvon Thibodeau at 5. Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, and Charles Cross were all on the board. It played out perfectly for the Giants. They were able to take the pass rusher they wanted. 
and not risk the Panthers trading at like they didn't have to take Icky and the Panthers trade out and somebody takes Thibodeau and then suddenly, you know, they're, they're stuck having to take something else. Worked great for the Giants, but the Panthers had one of the worst offensive lines in football last year. Icky is not the best pass protector. Charles Cross is technically, I think above him, but man, Icky and Christian McCaffrey in the screen game, dudes are about to get pancaked out of the building. And Icky's a Charlotte guy. He, and I, this, I know this is kind of stupid, but like it does sort of matter. I have a text thread of friends here in Raleigh, all state fans. And when the Panthers were on the clock, it was like, this is, this is a either I'm out of the Panthers forever or I'm buying a jersey tomorrow moment. For an and, offensive lineman. Yeah, that's cool. Well, but I mean, it's just like the Panthers yeah, yeah, have yeah. literally never in the history of the franchise since 1996 never drafted an NC State player. It's very wow. insulting, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, you have enough good NC State players or you could have found your way into someone and they'd never drafted one. <laughs> Shout out to Sir Purr. And they draft Icky with a six overall pick. He is a like a perfect complement to what you want to do with those weapons you have, and the perfect need and like the perfect fit at a position of need. So to me, Carolina's a big winner because David Tepper, by virtue of not taking Kenny Pickett, or you know, I like Pickett and Malik Willis fine, but it's like if you take a quarterback there, people are like, what are you doing? And they stood pat, and they said, we're taking the best player on our board. He's a local guy. And I, I know I've poo-pooed the Aiden Hutchinson local thing, but, like, to me, that pick was, a, like, a the first smart move you've really seen the Panthers do in, in like, a, a quite a while because they just had to get an offensive lineman out of here, and they got, I think, the best one in the draft. Your thoughts, so I guess Josh? I guess the follow-up to this is, is the next – most reasonable or most likely step for them to trade for Baker Mayfield. And what would your, what would be your reaction if they decided to do that? Um, or Jimmy G. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, half six, half dozen. Wait, yeah, why one, do, uh, Jimmy G and not Baker. You just, well, yell, just, 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 yeah, just cause of the shoulder injury. I mean, that's, that's really all. I can go with one winner before we jump into. I thought Breach, I thought Breach was gonna. Um, um, well, I was gonna say something, but I wasn't sure if you guys could actually hear me. Oh, we can kind of oh, hear you now. That's better. Oh, there you go. Exciting. There we go. Well, uh, well, well, what I was gonna say is that see, trading for Baker seems like a la- <laughs> okay. it seems like a lateral move because even if you just think he's slightly better than Darnold, I don't think he's enough better than Darnold that you bring him in because then you also have to pay him eighteen million dollars. And that's where the, you know, if, if Baker Mayfield was on a rookie contract, then I say, yeah, I'll bring him in and compete with Sam Darnold. But I don't think he's enough better than Darnold that you're paying him 18 million too. Bre- hashtag breach back, baby. Breach bought back. Just in time. I know. To talk about Baker Mayfield. I, it may not even be a you thing. It might just be a stream yard thing. Like sometimes people go blurry and then you're, you're panicking because you're blurry and then all of a sudden you're not blurry. It's, it's very weird. Um, so yeah, I, I, now, Josh, would you have is um is Evan Neal that much better for you uh than um than Ikiakuanu that you would have taken him? Like sort of like the Tibbs 
Hutch factor, I think, at two, where you take the local guy, you know what I'm saying? Um, I had a little bit of a gap between Evan Neal and Ikiquanu. I actually had Charles Cross as my second rated um offensive lineman, and that's primarily so because Neal I, one cross two and then Icky. Correct. Yeah, because that's I had right. an issue right. with you better throw him off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I had an issue with his with his oversetting in college, and that's actually the same issue that I had with Tristan Wirfs um when he was coming out of Iowa. So we saw how that panned out. Uh with any luck, that's exactly how it's gonna pan out with Icky as well. And if it does pan out that way, then I am not concerning myself with that right. as part of the evaluation process moving forward. But a lot of it's going to have to do with the offensive line coach that he's going to be working with. Um, if he is able to correct some of the stuff that we've seen in pass protection, then this is a player that uh, is going to be very exciting and going to pave the way for a lot of Christian McCaffrey touchdowns in the future. And, and to be perfectly fair, like he, he acknowledges that he, I mean, he's a 99 percentile run guy, run grader. Like, there's no question in my mind, assuming health, that he is going to be an elite, like, like run. Just it's not even run. It's just he's just going to be pancaking dudes left and right. But his pass sets and his pass pro, if you're picking out a fault, would definitely be it. I still think, and I, I don't know. I, to me, the. I know, I know I said don't do the Hutchinson thing, but to me, the tie break was there for Icky. I guess that's because I'm biased as hell. Uh, Traps, you got a winner. Yeah, winner. Uh, Detroit Lions, I think, to get Jamison Williams as the fourth receiver off the board when, like, so, you know, some mocks had him at eight to the Falcons, going to the Jets at four or at 10. And the trade up with the Vikings, I thought, was fascinating to be an interdivisional trade. And it, they got a first and or like they got the, the what number 12 overall pick and a second from Minnesota and just had to trade a first, second and third to get Jamison Williams after land uh, landing Aiden Hutchinson. So usually as a draft analyst, I'm not a huge fan of teams trading up, but it felt like they didn't have to give up too much to get that second round pick as well. Number 46 overall and get a player that a lot of people had as the number one or maybe number two receiver in this draft class who can kind of be that, more of a 2023 pick when they probably will move on from Jared Goff. I really like what the Lions did. We didn't really expect them to be that aggressive and trade up like they did. And, I mean, to see Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Chris Olave go off the board and they still get Jameson Williams along with Hutchinson, I think that was a really good draft navigation by Brad Holmes. The only, I mean, again, I know I just, like, pumped up Icky over – Neil, because he's from North, like, from Charlotte. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to. I I feel like the owner. I feel like ownership stepped in and was like, "You're taking Hutchinson here." I think Brad Ooh. Holmes liked Thibodeau better. I think they liked the idea of putting Thibodeau with Panay Sewell, and they sort of got ramrodded by ownership. It was like, uh, "No, you're getting the local guy. If, if this guy is there too, you are taking him." I, I could be wrong. That's just sort of my my gut reaction here. So. But Jameson Williams was my wide receiver one in this class, and I'm just not a big Hutch guy. Um, so I, I, I thought that was sort of – I guess that's sort of my process there with those guys. But, you know, you come away with a player who is considered one of the best players in the draft by far, or like and like like Daniel Jeremiah had him number one overall. I, I don't, You guys didn't have – I think – what do you have? Uh, Josh, you have Kyle Hamilton one, or was that Traps? I had him one. Hamilton. But who do you have, Josh? I had Sauce Gardner. He was our our top overall prospect, though. I don't 
But yeah, CBS Sports is top overall prospect. Yeah. Top overall prospect for a lot of people. People were pretty flummoxed that he wasn't going one to the Jaguars. And so I don't know, Breach. You, you come away with that and you I think you feel pretty good. It does take you out of the running of drafting a quarterback late in the first or early in the second. And I think that may have perhaps messed up some mock drafts when they shot up there and got Jamison Williams. Yeah, well, obviously, because no one expected the Detroit Lions to jump up 20 spots. But the crazy thing is, if you are Detroit, you are not out of the quarterback running because the only person who's off the board is Kenny Pickett. If you're at the point, your next pick is at 46. It would be easy to trade up. You have to think if you if you're looking at the top four quarterbacks with uh, Willis, Crowhow, and Desmond Ritter, that one of those guys might even yeah one of those guys could be there at 46 without you having to make a trade. So this draft is literally falling into place perfectly if you're the Lions. Uh, And like you said, traps. It was surprising that they were able to get a second round pick in return, even though they were moving up 20 spots. It really seemed like the Lions got the better end of that deal because if they got that pick they might be able to still get a quarterback, which then, boom, and the Lions are just dominating the draft. All right, I'm told we can give away one uh, piece of glassware right now, but you have to write T-Rex arms in the chat to honor Aiden Hutchinson. So anyone who writes T-Rex or T-Rex arms, some version, T-Rex, T-Rex, anything like that, anyone who writes it, and you have to smash, hit the like button if you haven't already, we'll know if you haven't done it, Press the like button, type T-Rex or T-Rex arms in the chat. You'll be eligible to win uh, some kind of prize. And uh, hit the like button while you're at it. And we'll give away some more stuff as we keep moving. Oh, my God. It looks so glorious. You're saying T-Rex arms. Just tiny little T-Rex arms. <laughs> I mean, so there's some bad tape out there on Hutchinson. But anyway, um, there's not a lot of bad tape. There's Actually, there's a ton of bad tape on Hutchinson against the Georgia Bulldogs, but there's not a lot of bad tape of the Georgia. Oh my God! We should, if he wasn't if he wasn't our boss, we could give it to him. Ek points out, writes in the chat, Pete Prisco arms. <laughs> it's a little teeny teeny tiny arms flailing on me. Uh, hit the like button. We'll give away some more stuff shortly. The Georgia Bulldogs, who had them as their winner. It's it's a great it's a great call. That's a winner for sure. Uh, is it just a winner? Just a general winner? Um, general general winner. winner. They're setting five, records out there. Five. One. It's kind of crazy they didn't actually have somebody go until 13. And Nicobe Dean even fell out of the first round. But Trayvon Walker goes one. Jordan Davis goes 13 on that trade up. Quay Walker goes, uh, that the, that's the Devontae Adams trade at 22. And then scroll down a little bit, Debo. We had. Uh, didn't Lewis seen? Yeah, and Lewis seen. Devontae Wyatt. Oh, Devontae Wyatt. Right, Devontae Wyatt and Lewis seen. Packers too. Did we miss somebody? Oh, that's five. Uh, two guys in the Packers. I mean, you can't really go wrong with drafting Georgia defensive guys. I would almost say it's surprising that only five guys went in the first round. However, I think this speaks just to what an insanely good defense the Georgia Bulldogs had. Traps, I know you are a huge Quay Walker fan. So what do you Oof. think about the Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt combo for the uh, Georgia Bulldogs and the, the that, Green Bay Packers? So we're moving on to losers then, because I think they were the <laughs> biggest losers uh, on draft night, which is kind of like the other year uh, what where they picked uh, the running back, A.J. Dillon, in the second round. And everyone's kind of like, what are they doing when they didn't pick a receiver? It's now been 
what, 21 years that they have not picked a wide receiver in the first round. As far as Quay Walker goes, I, I get it that their defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, who EK, our boss, knows well from his time in Washington, he likes those bigger kind of throwback inside 3-4 uh, linebackers. But you have an all-pro in Devondre Campbell who's around the same size as Quay Walker. And in watching Quay Walker's film, we first have to remember he was playing behind Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. Javon Walker, Jalen Carter is probably going to be the first defensive tackle off the board next year. And he's really good against the run. It, it's good to be, or it's easy to be good against the run when you have that defensive line in front of you. I think he's not very sudden. He's awkward changing directions. A lot of times he got stuck to blocks, which at 6'3", 240, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be really delivering a lot of the hits. And he's not good in coverage. They didn't use him in coverage. He was mostly a quarterback spy or a blitzer and ask. Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, those three linebackers, first-round linebackers in 2020, they were all these big-time run stoppers, athletic, long-rangey, and they're all really bad because they cannot cover. I think the Packers, to pick Quay Walker that early, I get it. And like Josh has mentioned, the traits matter, and those are the guys that usually go in the first round. But I think he will get exposed in coverage and will be wondering why they didn't go offense with at least one of these first two picks. I mean, you could easily make the case that Aaron Rodgers is a loser, right? Yeah. Although you know what he said with McAfee that it, it, it's fine that you can pick a pick a receiver later, like as the draft was happening. Yeah. I mean, strange. I mean, it's possible that the Packers said, all right, Aaron, uh, here's a list of six receivers we might take at number 22 overall. And then up, oh, scratch that guy off. Up, oh, scratch off James yeah. Williams. Up, oh, scratch off yep. Traylon Burks. And you get to 22, and they're like, I'm sure the front office was in close contact with Aaron Rodgers this time around. Like, hey, man, you're watching what's happening. All these guys on our list are gone. So we're going to go with another option here. Well, and that's sort of what happened um, with the uh, the Dylan trade, too, right? Like, or the, the Dylan pick when they, they were thinking about, they, they wanted to take a, they trade up for Jordan Love and then, there's a run on wide receivers. They can't get Higgins. Denzel Mims even goes beforehand, and they just sort of gave up. I mean, I, I think that's the yeah. maybe the comp. I don't know. Um, anyway, Georgia, huge winner. Kirby Smart's going to keep recruiting five stars. This is a defense that may go down as the greatest defense of all time. I'm almost surprised there's only five guys taken from this defense, but uh, there'll certainly be a couple more going later in the draft. All right. Keep smashing that like button so we can give away more glassware, more Paramount Plus gift cards. We'll find something about T-Rex arms. But for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, more winners and losers. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run to the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. 
in these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you're listening to the podcast, you couldn't see that. But if you're watching on YouTube, that is one of the things that is available on Paramount Plus. It's called The Offer. It's like a a, a, like a documentary style, mockumentary style uh, making of making of the, the Godfather. And it's, it's either out or coming soon on Paramount Plus. And you can get a Paramount Plus gift card just for watching this freaking video and smashing the like button. So press, hit the like button. We get up a little bit higher. We'll get Debo to give away a uh, Paramount Plus gift card. Press the like button if you haven't. Let's get to some more winners and losers. So, I mean, Georgia winner, Aaron Rodgers, loser. Breach, is there anyone who stands out to you as a loser? Uh, you know what? Ryan Wilson's not here to defend himself, so I'm just going to go with... Oh! The Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. We, we did our one-off video, Brenton, and I mentioned a lot of it there, but I'll cover a little bit again with Kenny Pickett, is that, look, you signed Mitchell Trubisky. And, I, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, he's an MVP, Nickelodeon. Awesome. But what you don't you, – Nickelodeon valuable. valuable. Is that what it stands for? <laughs> <laughs> he's an MVP. That's all we he's know. He's a Nickelodeon – Awesome. <laughs> um, but look, if I'm the Steelers and I just signed Mitchell Trubisky, he's a slightly above average quarterback. I'm saying I'm going to give you the reins of the offense in 2022. And I would have drafted a player at 20 who can help the team in 2022. Because if you bring in Kenny Pickett and he competes for the starting job and he can't beat out Mitchell Trubisky, then you wasted the pick. And if you say, you know what, if I'm going to leave Kenny Pickett on the bench and let Trubisky play, then Maybe you wasted the pick anyway because you didn't bring in a receiver or an offensive lineman or a cornerback or some other position that you could have used. So, you know, if Kenny Pickett goes out and wins it, then then the pick looks brilliant. But, you know, we don't know that's going to happen. Again, this isn't a strong quarterback class. Um, It just seems like the Steelers could have gone another route. That doesn't mean I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a bad QB. I just think the Steelers could have been better served drafting another position. It, it felt like to me what I mean, and we talked about this on the on the there's a video you can watch just after the draft, but it felt like and and this graphic from our ace research team, Justin Page and crew, crush it all the time. Um I mean, like no one made more money in that bonus COVID year than Kitty Pickett. Like he was he's not a he's not a day two pick. Day three for if, sure. 
Yeah. He's a day three pick if he comes out after 2020 when he probably would have had to had he not been I – mean, he did get a COVID waiver, right? I'm not wrong there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, he played an extra year because – and nothing – like, those COVID year waivers are fine, I think, deserve for these student-athletes. But for Kenny Pickett, and maybe that's part of his maturity, maybe it's part of the team around him, whatever it is, like, he is a day three pick if he comes out after 2020. He went 20th overall – because he came out of 2021, Pittsburgh wins the ACC title, completes 67% of his passes, 332 passing yards, 42 touchdowns, and seven interceptions, an absolutely dominant performance. He looked great. But to, to me, the thing that concerns me about this is after Ozzie Newsom left Baltimore, he, he drafted on his way out Lamar Jackson. It's his final first-round draft pick, the legacy pick. Lamar wins MVP, and everybody's like, oh, what a pick. He's passing him off to Eric DaCosta. Lamar, you know, I mean, it's it, it was perfect. And now it was like Kevin Colbert felt the need to do the same thing. And this is just simply not Lamar Jackson. And maybe I'm dead wrong, and Kenny Pickett is great. No. But Trap's like, this is not – I mean, this – like – I don't know. This just isn't, it's not the same thing. Although it, it feels like they were just trying to force the same thing because Baltimore did it in their Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. And it's, what's weird about it as well. I mean, I had Kenny Pickett as my quarterback two first round grade on him, but there were kind of set up this year to be okay with Mitchell Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. I always have to mention Mason Rudolph uh, as their <laughs> quarterback this season. And Malik Willis would have had that nice infrastructure Good defense. You know, the Steelers are always good drafting a receiver in the second or third round. Add someone there. The offense could be a little better going into 2023. Then you let Malik Willis become the quarterback. I think Kenny Pickett can be a good quarterback. I don't know if he'll ever be a great quarterback. And I think Willis is the one that has that ability. So it felt like if there was going to be a legacy pick, it should have been Malik Willis over Kenny Pickett just because the ceilings are so different between those two quarterbacks. Yeah, tonight was the second draft in the past 20 years that only one quarterback has been drafted in the first round. The other was that 2013 class that we have uh, talked about in comparison to this class many times in the past. Uh, The first quarterback, obviously, as we're discussing, Kenny Pickett, taken number 20 overall. It's the latest the first quarterback has been taken since 1997 when Jim Drunkenmiller was the 26th overall pick. Mm. He was never as good as Jim Silvermiller. <laughs> <laughs> nice name drop. God, I crack myself up sometimes. It's a horrible joke. Sorry. Right. They're just going to keep going. Gonna... It's 1230, guys. It's 1230. This is like, I mean, come on. This is like when we'd start podcasts on Sunday night during the football season. Breach, did you move to the East Coast? I'm, I'm, oh, I just... oh, 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 Eastern time so that I don't show up an hour late for all my HQ hits and podcasts. Brinson, who actually does show up an hour late, has no excuse because he lives in Eastern time. I have to do math in my head to get to these things on time. (laughs) But you change your entire. I'm sure your family loves that. Oh, yeah. They live on Eastern time. They don't care. you, You change your entire family to live on a different time zone. Just so you wouldn't, so you would stop showing up an hour late for hits. That this checks is out. Mostly Maybe. incorrect. I said I set the clock. I set one clock down here in my office, the Eastern time. 
I do not make my family with me. <laughs> that would be the most preposterous thing ever. <laughs> Your southern breach would totally do. <laughs> Honey, what time do you like everyone's like like there are like like poor Rachel's like <laughs> she's an hour late to everything. So I'm sorry. My husband demands that we live on Eastern time zone because he doesn't want to be late for his hit. Wait, wait, so how much? What, what good does it do? Do you have the clock downstairs on Easter time? So you like you're walking around upstairs, you're like ah, oh, I got an hour, <laughs> no big deal. Well, no, it's when when we have a uh, podcast start at one, I can look and it says twelve fifty eight. I'm like, oh, it's time to go. But if it said eleven fifty eight, my head might think, oh, geez, I got another hour, and then I show up an hour late. Very bizarre. We don't take. need that. We don't need that, Brinson. If I have another loser, I got, I got one I can go with. If you don't. I would say the Cardinals are a loser. Uh, we oh, yeah. have talked about this on our, our one-off before, but I just don't think that Hollywood Brown is worth the number 29 overall selection, uh, which is what that amounted to in the uh, trade value chart. So they would be a loser for me. I'd love to see what they want to do with that offense. Um, they're probably going to have to pay Hollywood Brown here in a couple of years, and we've seen the rising costs at the wide receiver position. So very significant investments. Um, for a player that I don't know if he's shown he's he's been worth it to this point. Well, one thing I will say about Hollywood Brown is that, you know, obviously had a career year last year, went over a thousand yards in a pretty bad passing offense. You know, that that the Ravens offense is built for the run. And now he gets to go and reunite with Kyler Murray. You know, part of the reason Kyler Murray won the Heisman is because he put up such huge numbers with uh, Hollywood Brown at Oklahoma. I think uh, – like 1600 yards. I don't remember the Hollywood Brown had some crazy numbers. Um, and 2018 at Oklahoma. So, you know, it, it's like we saw with Joe Burrow and Jamar chase or, uh, Devonte Smith and, and Jalen hurts. You play with a quarterback. You already have chemistry with, and things tend to click right away. And it wouldn't be surprising if that happens with Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray. So I, I don't hate that trade for the Cardinals. Yeah. See, I disagree because I think, you all right, so you trade 23 for Hollywood Brown and 100, and you're like, ha, 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 look at us, so clever. We've mastered the art of in draft trading, we've acquired old Kyler Murray's best friend, Hollywood Brown's gonna help us in the negotiations. And then five minutes later, Howie Rosen's like, JK, bro, I got AJ Brown for 18. It's like, oh my god, we we didn't even have we had like the second best wide receiver Brown trade of the night and it's not even close like we're, <laughs> if there had been another wide receiver named brown they probably would have been second that's that's my whole thing is that it's it's just such like what because it gets compared one team got hollywood brown who is an explosive dynamic player but the other team got aj brown and they gave up like a pick five picks earlier it's so it's it's a it's a tough scene and as josh noted when we did the video you have Hopkins still, but he's getting older. Like, what if Hopkins slows down and your wide receiver core is just Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown? That's very uninspiring. Yeah. Or not. I mean, no, maybe Hopkins is great and, and Brown and um, Moore, you're two and three. And you just paid a ton of money to Zach Hurts. I don't know. Or uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back completely healthy and. Marquise Brown ends up being a star. He had 1,318 yards, 75 catches, and 10 touchdowns. 
I was looking up his stats from 2018. Maybe he'll be great in that offense, and maybe they will make sweet, sweet, beautiful music together. Speaking of wide receivers and losers, Uh I think the Saints are losers. What? What are the Saints doing? What are they doing? I I, I like Chris Olave, and I like the fact that you make Michael Thomas happy by trading for him. But, I mean, first of all, the Saints were losers from Jump Street when they gave up a next-year first-round pick. In a better draft, and I understand that technically next year is, you know, if you look at, you know, you consider next year to be like a second round pick. I don't buy that. I think the Saints, I think the Saints pick they gave up to the, they got from the Eagles this year will ultimately end up being way worse than the pick they uh, give up to the Eagles next year. And I like Olave and Penning, but you take an Olave at 11, you got to trade up for all that. Trade, the, the Saints gave up all this draft capital to go to 11 to and take Chris Olave. To me, this reeks of a team that is now being that now does not have Sean Payton running the helm. Like I, I know they've done this before with Marcus Davenport, but like this this feels like they don't have Sean Payton's voice in the room, and they don't exactly know how to approach the acquisition of players in the draft and sort of panicked here and, and tried to move up to get a wide receiver. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I, I, I like Chris Olave. He kind of seemed like universally liked by draft analysts, media members. He's a good route runner. He's pretty fast. I think he tracks the football well deep down the field. And you could say that's a good compliment. Like Brinson mentioned to Michael Thomas, who it, I thought it was funny that Charles Davis on the broadcast was like, Oh, you know, Michael Thomas is going to run those slants, which like, Michael Thomas hates that when people mention that he only runs slants. But with Chris Olave, he's not a great contested catch guy, and I don't think he gives you much after the catch. So you're just getting kind of like, to me, maybe a little faster version of maybe Robert Woods, who's a good player, but you, again, traded up to get him. You're dipping into your extra draft picks again to get someone that I think will be like, average to maybe slightly above average wide receiver number two I, I don't mind Trevor Penning with their second selection it's obviously a pretty big need but I think it will take time for him to acclimate coming from the FCS level uh tested very well at the combine but at 6'6 330 he looked kind of heavy footed on film so you're not getting like Teron Armstead obviously just plugging him in as a rookie so I, I think it was kind of a strange entire draft process for the Saints to just end up, like you mentioned, Will, with Chris Olave and a FCF, FCS tackle at number 19. Sorry, George George is out of the chat. He is. <laughs> um, yeah, thoughts on the Saints, Josh? I do not have uh, an argument against what they had to trade to make this possible tonight. Um, I will say, you know, Trevor Penning is not somebody that's I loved in the first round, but part of his part of his issue was that his hands get too wide in his pass sets. And supposedly working with Duke Mannyweather, he has corrected that and become more consistent with his anchor. So, um, you know, maybe his issues have been corrected and he's going to be this sensational rookie this upcoming season. But um, I still have a hard time getting over what they had to give up in terms of draft capital to make this possible. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, but the Saints had two huge needs going into the draft, wide receiver, offensive line. They filled them. So I don't think you can hate on them that much. I do agree with you guys that they probably didn't need to trade up, especially uh, when you're you're going up to get maybe the fourth best receiver in the draft, uh, that maybe they should have sat Pat at 16. And if they had done that and gotten a receiver, then I think their draft looks fantastic. Uh, so I don't know if I would call them losers just because they filled two big needs, but they definitely, it feels like they overpaid to get a receiver. But they did have to draft for a need is the other part of that. They weren't just letting the board fall to them. I mean, they were going out there to make picks based on what they need. And that's not always the smartest move in the draft. And, you know, there's a larger conversation where they're making these moves because they think they're in a position to contend in the NFC. And I do not see not. that. I well, think and the other to... conversation is that they gave up that they traded for this extra first round pick and everybody thought they were doing that to maybe package for a quarterback. They had no plan. There was no plan. It was just, we're going to do whatever random things we can think of. And yep. we added this first round pick for absolutely nothing. If they come flying up and grab Malik Willis, I mean, this is like stupid reactionary, but it's also, they did this with Davenport before. They could come flying up and grab Lamar Jackson. Everybody's like, yes, Sean Payton, Lamar Jackson, let's burn it to the ground. It's like, Marcus Davenport. It's like, oh, the Saints are coming up. Sure, we don't remember they don't have Sean Payton, but they're coming up to get Malik Willis. And it was like, all right, Chris Olave. Yeah. Olave's good. Wah, wah. I just don't know that the Saints are – I think Josh's point is correct. The Saints are acting like a team that believes they are a legitimate NFC contender, and they're just massive holes in that roster. I mean, they have a good roster. They're probably a playoff team. Like, if they're plus money to make the playoffs, I'll bet that because they are you – know, the NFC is very weak. But, like, they're definitely not worse than the Panthers. The Pan- they're definitely better than the Panthers, right? Yeah, probably. They're not Super Bowl contenders, though, at all. Like they feel like, oh, they feel like the number seven seed in the NFC that gets blown up by the two seed in the wild card round. That's kind of what they feel like. Exactly. They feel like the seven seed in the NFC. Um, Okay. I'm being uh, given electric shock therapy if I don't mention. (laughs) Apparently, I'm from Chattanooga. So I went to to high school in Chattanooga. So I have to mention UTC product Cole Strange, the draft pick. By the New England Patriots, which is like, I mean, I don't, you, you keep thinking Belichick can't get more hipster with his draft picks. <laughs> and <laughs> then he goes and outdoes himself. <laughs> like, oh my God, this guy puts his dog in a chair and then trades down to the second round and takes a Lenore Ryan hybrid defensive linebacker. It's like, oh, well, I mean, that can't, you can't outdo yourself from in the middle of a pandemic. You can't outdo yourself. And then in the first round, he trades for a uh, offensive guard from Chattanooga. Do we, Debo, have the audio or video of the reaction from the Rams by chance? Really, really? Just went. Oh, my UT Chattanooga to the first round. Hey, where is. How about that? And we wasted our time watching him thinking he'd be at 104, maybe. I mean, first of all, like how drunk are these guys? They had a couple of like, like that, that is that is two LA bros who've been like they're drinking ranch water and they ain't drinking like 
Like they're they're they are they are loose as a goose up there, knowing they didn't have a single pick, weren't gonna think about picking. They're like, Yeah, well, we just pals of drinks and do this press conference. Um <laughs> traps. Yes. Talk to me about uh UTC Cole uh, Cole Strange. Okay, the first strange part about this is that I had Cole Strange at 104 on my big board. So that would have been a humble brag, but sure, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just no, I'm, just... I'm saying that it's funny that literally where I had him ranked is where the Rams said I like mean... we wanted to pick him at 104. That was just weird when I went back to look. I didn't have that memorized. I was, I was saying just to Josh kidding. before I agree. Yes, it is weird. Before we went on air, that I went back and reread my scouting report for for Cole Strange. And I had him, you know, ranked in the fourth round, but my scouting report, like there weren't a lot of negatives. He's a really, really good athlete. The handwork is really good. Like he's, he's not someone that gets his hands outside and gets called for a lot of holding penalties. Uh, the, the short area quickness is there in those bigger games. I believe they played Kentucky uh, or like a few power five schools. Yeah. And he, he looked good in that game. He was facing big nose tackles, SEC caliber defensive linemen. And Cole Strange really held his own. I, I wrote, I think multiple times in my scouting report that Cole Strange is a battler. Like he looks like a wrestler in the trenches and it feels like a type of player that will be solid on the New England Patriots. Now, the one part overarching that is weird about it, he feels like he would have been like a Patriots third or fourth round pick that would have been someone that no one really paid attention to. And then three years down the road, he's you know, signing an extension and is an all pro, he felt more like that than someone would go in the first round. He needs to get a lot stronger, but it was just interesting that I went and uh, back to reread it. And I was like, actually, I, I kind of understood this just from what the Patriots like, and they have a need after trading Shaq Mason. Uh, but yes, I felt similarly to Sean McVay. I didn't, didn't have as many drinks as Sean McVay tonight. Um, but him going 29 is way too early because he's more of a developmental guy who could be good toward the end of his rookie contract. I mean, Josh, this is a case of like, if any other team takes him, it's a, it's a free, like loser light up blowtorch like yes. post podcast draft situation, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think if we go back to the podcast where we were discussing AFC East needs, I think we may have mentioned Cole Strange as a possible day two option for the New England Patriots uh, because he does make sense for them. We just didn't see him being taken in the first round. Um, he had his best game against Kentucky. I mean, when you're playing at a lower level, you need to excel when you're moving up and punching up a level. So he absolutely did that against Kentucky. That's going to endear him to um, some of the coaches around the league. But uh, had a good showing at the Reese's Senior Bowl, went to the Combine, uh, performed well there. So like he checked a lot of the boxes during the pre-draft process, but I did not value him in the first round. I didn't think he was going to be available at number 104 overall. I kind of fell somewhere in the middle. Um, but the Patriots obviously had a conviction about him. And if it pay, pans out, which, you know, they've actually done pretty well at evaluating offensive linemen, uh, Dante Scarnecchia has, has been very involved, and I'm sure he had a little bit of input into this choice. So maybe it ends up working out for them, and we end up looking – like the dumb ones in the end, but a lot of questionable picks coming out of uh, New England in recent years. I think the moral of the story, though, is that we need to make sure every coach is getting hammered before they do their draft press conference or show yes. up at their draft parties. Then we get the, the – it's like truth serum. We get it all coming out. The thing is, I do think McVay and Les Snead were serious uh, in that conversation that, hey, that is a guy we would have considered at 104 if he was still on the board, and they're just laughing it up because – 
hey, we have a pick at the bottom of the third round. The Patriots just took him in the first round. My God, what are they doing? This guy, that coach is supposed to be the best one in NFL history. Uh, the one thing I do like about Cole Strange being off the board is that maybe the Rams will now take a punter with mm. their first pick. Why were the Rams having a press conference? That's what I was wondering. I think too. that was a draft party. Like, uh, oh, they were just they having were a party. And drinking. They, didn't, they, didn't have, they didn't have any picks. And they knew yeah, they, so they were just hanging out and just talk to the media. Uh, maybe it's just like hanging out, talking to fans about like whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, they, maybe this is why they are trading all of their picks. You know, they just want to indulge in the moment, like what we saw today. Yeah. Uh, we have a question, a random question. Who's younger, Josh or Debo? Uh, I believe it's Debo. I would assume so. Debo, have you, have you guys guy. seen new like Debo? This low cut. Oh, look at that stash, baby. Nice. Man, rocking it. Debo. I think Josh is younger than me. I'll be 32 this summer. Jesus. What? Yeah. I did not. Podcast that old. <laughs> I thought Josh was 23. Uh, no. 55. <laughs> I thought Josh was Jermaine Johnson's age. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Debo, uh, do you want to talk about the Eagles at all? Sorry, I should have brought you in on that. No, I mean, A+. plus. You, I don't know how I feel about this whole Brinson becoming an Eagles fan thing. It's it's a switch up that I wasn't <laughs> prepared for tonight um, based on the past three and a half years of working with him, so I'm not sure how I feel long? there. But uh, a good night all around. Debo disappeared for quite a long time. We may have to uh, examine some of the security cams in the Fort Lauderdale area because – uh, he was he was missing for quite a while there after the AJ Brown trade. I know, I mean, this, and, he's, and he's got this he stash going on that's just dirty. I, his phone was blown up. Sure, too. Within it all happened within like 15 minutes of each other. The, the Sixers closed out a playoff series. The Eagles mm. drafted Jordan Davis and traded for AJ Brown. So I was I was feeling myself. Yeah, you were. Um, the um, the Sixers actually closed out a series, huh? Amazing what Doc Rivers can do. So, what does that mean? Uh, it's Celtics, Bucks, and Sixers. Sixers oh, the Heat are going to slash the Sixers. All right. Jimmy Butler's a dog, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Andy was out. <laughs> um, okay. By the way, I saw somebody in chat. I can't remember who said it, but, um, and then I saw the picture on the internet like, Hollywood Brown was on a jet to, to, to a, a Cardinals draft party. <laughs> like, I think that's that maybe what Lamar said WTF about. Hmm. Yes. And the story behind that, the uh, uh, James Palmer at the NFL Network, is that the Cardinals and Ravens, I guess, worked that trade out this morning and it did not leak out. And wow. Uh, Bidwell, the Cardinals owner, sent a plane to pick up Hollywood Brown and his girlfriend and flew them to Phoenix so they could be at the draft party when the trade was announced. And all of that happened without the trade. Oh, so that, so Lamar, that maybe Lamar may not even be mad about the, at the Ravens. Lamar may be mad at Hollywood. Like, like you didn't tell me, bro. You serious? That trade was you out the, jumped on a jet and flew to Arizona. We're like, deuces. I mean, I'd be kind of mad if I was Lamar at that, right? That's sensible. That'd be pretty okay. Let's uh let's talk about rounds two and rounds three. Oh, actually I forgot. We gotta give away a um give it away, Brenton. What are give we giving away, away Diva? Give it away now. Give it away now, give it away now. 
That was a terrible chili peppers rendition. Debo, are we give, what are we giving away? I'm a podcast. We are giving away tonight a pick six pint glass. Oh, this is the first ever pick six pint glass given away. Given away. Not true, away. but. Okay, that's not. Given away now. It's also not the only daily info it's, podcast on the internet. It's one of the first five given away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to live a realistic life like you, Diva. That sounds so amazing. Um, Bob Swirsky is our winner. The Pick Six Podcast Pint Glass. We have we have a few more minutes here. So if you want, if you guys are watching and want to smash the like button, hit the like button. If we get it high enough, we'll talk Debo into giving away another pint glass. So hit the like button and keep it moving up. And we promise no more Jimmy Butler takes from Brinson. Jimmy, Butler, <laughs> Jimmy Butler's a dog, dude. What do you mean? Tell you that Jimmy Butler. Ridiculous. Um Oh yeah, best player available. I was gonna look at uh Caesars too, just see if we had any oh these cowards post them. Yeah, I want pretty I, limited. I want props for I don't see any props for round two. We've oh yeah, everybody's listening to the podcast earlier. Prop Drayvon Walker going number one overall. Brinson got a text during the show. Said it was a lock, and he was negative 500 at that point. Bet 500 to win 100, and I said I was going to bet 500, and I chickened out. You bet 100. And I bet 100. Yep. All right, there's a lot of money hanging on that Trayvon Walker one pick. That Like, <laughs> like I not, not like my money, like other people's money, because I'd, I'd give the pick out. It was like, it's that's like, it got to the point where it was like even sweatier. It was like it was like more sweaty for me that the fact that everyone might lose their money if, if I was wrong about Trayvon Walker. Thankfully, I wasn't. Uh, also, Aiden Hutchinson overs. I don't see. Um, I want to sniff around for a minute on props, but uh, trap start us off with best players available for the second round, and knowing that um, with our with the twenty twenty two draft order the full order, of course, that we can look at round two and say, so Jaguars traded out, right? That's why our draft tracker is so handy. I highly recommend using it. You can go to it and just click round two. So we no, have Tampa Bucks. traded out. No, Tampa no, no. Traded out, Jags yeah. traded out. I mean, Jags traded out of 33 to yes. with the Bucks. So our first five uh, picks up are Bucks 33, Vikings 34, the Vikings make a pick? Oh, no, they took a scene. That's right. Um, yeah. Titans, 35. Giants, 36. Texans, 37. Oh, my God. The Seahawks are so ripe to take a quarterback at 30, 40 or 41. Mm-hmm. All right. So, to, uh, start us through the best players available here, uh, Traps. Yeah. Yeah, so on the screen is our aggregate list of best player available. Josh threw that in earlier. Nicole Dean, Josh and I love him. Uh, I, I think he's like the opposite of Quay Walker. He's not... Super big, but he's outstanding in coverage. He's instinctive. He gets off blocks, even though he's only 5'11", 230, which I think is actually fine at the linebacker spot in terms of size today. Uh, Andrew Booth probably would have been a first-round pick had he not gotten injured and, and was unable to work out at the Combine or the Clemson Pro Day. He was a big recruit. Lightning quick feet, ball skills are there. Bernard Raymond, uh, I think, has the athleticism of a first-round pick, maybe – um, will take some time to get stronger once he gets to the NFL level. And then my guy, Malik Willis, sitting there. He was our 23rd overall player. Uh, like you mentioned, 
the Seahawks at 40 and 41. Maybe the Titans, if they want to kind of have some insurance for Ryan Tannehill. Well, well, let me ask future. you this. I see elsewhere on the internet, you can get the Seahawks at three to one to draft Malik Willis, five to one for the Titans for Malik Willis, four to one for the Saints, six to one for the Lions, six to one for the Falcons, and seven to one for the Giants. Hmm. I think the Seahawks with two of those picks make a lot of sense, although they love to trade down. True. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, there are the teams out there. I don't know. I would have to probably see, like, I'm kind of a visual person. I would have to see all of those uh, quarterback props to see which one feels like the best. Um, But, yeah, at the top of the second, like Breach mentioned earlier, to only have one quarterback in the first round, we like Malik Willis more than Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, or Sam Howell feels like we will see maybe a couple of quarterbacks go from like 33 to 50, somewhere in that range, but still, and we say this every year, there's still a lot of really good players available. One other name that I'll point out, and then Josh can give his thoughts on this. George Pickens, who was our number 32 overall player. I said throughout the whole pre-draft process, had he not torn his ACL last March, he would have had a big season at Georgia and he would have been a lock. Yeah. Lock first round pick. Uh, he's a great run blocker. He's six three, ran sub four five, huge contested catch, wide receiver, great catch radius, uh, and he runs good routes. He's sudden. He's not stiff. So he kind of feels like that T Higgins type that can be the first pick in the second round tomorrow night or one of the first couple selections. He was a first round talent on my board, and we had him as a first round talent in our aggregate rankings. It'll be fun to see where he ultimately lands. I think he could be a wide receiver one eventually in the NFL. All right, so uh, Debo, can we pull up the um, on the draft uh, the the draft tracker uh, next round two? Yeah, round um, or draft tra- go to draft tracker and then round two, and um, obviously X out Saints there, so we get all the teams. Perfect. There we go. All right, so we look at that. So we're talking about Pickens, Malik Willis. Um, Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean. Dean. Yeah, Josh, when you look at this. Those first six teams, is there a landing, an obvious landing spot for some of those guys? Seeing the, the thing about seeing that sucked is it depends on how they grade um, uh, Dax. As, as it, like, we said to bet the over on safeties. So if Dax is graded a safety, I would have preferred seeing not be drafted 32 because you just smash his under. And my point being is, like, if we look at the prospects we have left, are there obvious fits where you say, all right, this team could definitely take, uh, you know, X player for X spot, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, um, actually, I found some over-unders. Wow, Matt Corral's over-under, 48.5 over juiced 136. Sky Moore, 37 and a half, even. I love him, man. Love him. Christian Watson. What's that? 36 for Sky Moore? 37 and a half. Uh, uh, oh, Sky, is, you can see it on the screen right now. Is Sky Watson gone? Uh, Sky Moore, excuse me. Sky Watson. Is Sky Moore gone before the Jets pick? Josh, what do you think? I think the Giants would be a sleeper if they actually mm-hmm. do move on from Kadarius Tony. Um, Although the Titans just traded AJ Brown, so yeah, yep, that's they drafted Traylon Burks though, but yeah, 
I would maybe say over on on Sky Moore because, like Josh is saying, yeah. I, I think from that list, the Giants could pick him at thirty six. But if not, I mean, it doesn't seem like any of those three teams, uh, Bucks, Vikings, or Titans, would pick Sky Moore to start the second round. I mean, that's really short. He's going to go in the first five picks. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he will, unless the Giants do it. Yeah. What about Corral? Let's scroll through. 48 and a half. 48 and a half. But I mean, like, there's been one quarterback taken. But if you really look at the dodge, who is going to take who's going to take a quarterback besides maybe the Seahawks? I mean, I guess you could throw the Lions in there, but we don't even know the Lions want a quarterback. They were more than happy to trade out a 32nd pick. Oh, man. You know who I like the under on? James Cook under 73 and a half. That is a lot for Dalvin Cook's brother. 73 and a half. Early third. Matt arises at 116 at this point. Moving down. Yeah. Uh, I saw Matt Ariza too was the uh, minus 400 to be first special teams player taken. Really feels like the Falcons, Seahawks, and Lions. What, what is it? Uh, minus 400 first special teams player taken. What's what's the plus? I think it was uh, James Stout, maybe? I, I Jordan Stout. Jordan Stout, excuse me. I wouldn't bet Ariza at negative 400. I think Where's Corral, Malik Willis? Corral's over 48 and a half is, a, is bettable right now. Corral? Yeah. To bet the under? No, the over. Oh, the over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. Like, the under seems a little sketchy because there's so many quarterbacks still. There. I mean, you're staring at really the Seahawks and the Falcons. I could see the Falcons taking him at 43. Ooh, so, you, yeah. you're going to be sweating it out a little bit. Yeah. Where's Malik? I don't see a Malik Willis over under. Oh, uh, first Malik. running back selected, Brees Hall, minus 250. Kenneth Walker, 2-1. to one. James Cook, 14-1. to one. I feel like the Cook under, what did I say, 78 and a half? I think it was 73 and a half. 73 and a half? Trey McBride's 49 and a half. I like under there. Yeah. I agree. 73 and a half. I think under 73 and a half Cook, under 49 and a half McBride, over 37 and a half Sky Moore, and over 48 and a half Matt Corral. Like you need like like 15 picks with Matt Corral. There's three quarterbacks that people like better than Matt Corral out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless you get that, which I don't know how much of a connection it is, the Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin, Pete Carroll thing, and they just are the Seahawks and pick the quarterback at 40 or 41 that no one really expected to be the second quarterback off the board and pick Matt Corral. If he gets past 41, then I think you're you're pretty much set. Do you guys have any strong feelings on those? Um, um the James Cook one I like too. I like the I like the under for James Cook. I feel like we'll see in the second or early or late second, we'll at least to that point. We'll see a little run on the running backs. And I don't necessarily think we're going to get Brees Hall, then Kenneth Walker, then Isaiah Spiller. I think we'll get a different order 
of when those running backs are off the board, not just like what the consensus rankings were. Yeah, like at this point with Brees Hall not going, like you always, you always see this where there's this like a, a muddled class of running backs. And when you get to the second round, it's like people take a stab at somebody that, that might not be the, the number one consensus guy. Yeah. So Cook 14 to one first running back isn't crazy. I'd say it's been pretty true in recent years. I mean, Javante Williams was there in the second round. Jonathan Taylor was taken, you know, early second round. So how was Jonathan Taylor's second round pick? I have no idea. I don't know. He was so good. I would lean towards the over on that James Cook number just because I don't Mm. think that he's as pure of a runner as his brother. I mean, he's a tremendous pass catcher, but when you're looking at a running back that could be a three down back, I just, I, I don't know that I see that from him just yet. Okay. Uh, we will. We got a pregame show at six o'clock, hour long, leading to the draft. It starts at seven. Oh, buddy, we're gonna spend the entire hour debating whether Matt Arise gets drafted on day two, right? Yeah, uh, I think we'll probably talk a lot of Malik Willis. We'll have props out by the time this comes out. Make sure to follow at John Breach, at Chris Trapasso, at Everett CBS, at Will Brinson. We will put out. Um, Good props, we out. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I point out, five to we'll See you guys later. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.